This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. For years, astronomers believed that our best chance of finding life off Earth was on Mars. But more recent research has shifted the focus to the deeper, darker realms of the solar system, onto the icy moons of the gas giants. Scientists from the European Space Agency are putting the final touches to a pioneering mission to Jupiter's icy moons in the hope of finding signs of primitive life. Today, a groundbreaking mission, Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer, or JUICE, will be blasting off from French Guiana to visit Europa, Ganymede and Callisto. So what makes the moons of Jupiter and Saturn such appealing prospects for astrobiologists? What will the JUICE missions be searching for? And could it be the next chapter in our hunt for extraterrestrial life? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Stuart Clark, you're an astronomer, a journalist and author of books, including Beneath the Night Sky. And recently you've written about the so-called JUICE mission – but first of all, when we talk about the potential for life in our own solar system, what are we actually talking about? You're not talking about other civilizations or other intelligent beings. Uh, you're talking about microbes. 
that may not sound so grand in the sort of science fiction scheme of things, but the potential even for a single extraterrestrial microbe to advance our understanding of what life is, how it may have started, is just colossal. For example, does life have to be based on DNA? Or can there be another molecule that can carry genetic information and therefore be the basis of a life form? Questions like that we can't answer just looking at life on Earth. So we look for life elsewhere in the solar system in order to perhaps take a step towards answering some of those questions. And when we go on the hunt for this kind of life, what are scientists actually looking for? So in order to be absolutely certain that you've got a life form you could look for its metabolic gases it takes in one gas it respires another so you could do an experiment and they tried this on mars in the 1970s to see if there were microbes in the martian soil and most people believe that those results that came back um, indicated that there weren't and so astronomers these days have been taking a slightly different approach and that is to look for areas where you think there could be life. We are essentially trying to find anywhere in the solar system where there's large bodies of water, because water is essential to life on Earth. And you mentioned our nearest neighbour, Mars, and for a long time the focus was on that planet. But now it's changed. So why is that? So... In keeping with this look for planetary habitability, spacecraft were sent to Mars to look for bodies of water underneath the surface of the planet. And pretty much, we just haven't found any. Mars is so dry now that that sort of takes the wind out of our sails, really, um, for going there to look for life. At the same time, when we look at the icy moons of the outer planets, the moons around Jupiter and Saturn, we find some really quite compelling evidence that a number of moons out there in the outer solar system have vast bodies of water. Because they're so far away from the sun, they generally have these very icy surfaces and there's evidence from the magnetic instruments that have been sent out there that there seems to be liquid water and large quantities of it underneath the surface of these icy moons. And that must have been quite a surprise when they discovered this, because, of course, being so extraordinarily far out, you wouldn't necessarily think that there would even be liquid water there. But now, how much do they think there could be? Yeah, this did come as a huge surprise. In the 1990s, the biggest excitement for these moons of Jupiter was on a moon called Io, and Io is the most volcanically active body in the solar system. And so going to see the volcanoes on Io was a big focus for the Galileo mission, the NASA mission that went there. But Europa, just next door, had a much more icy surface layer. And then this magnetic data was suggesting that there was some kind of conducting fluid, maybe a saline ocean, sloshing around sort of inside the moon. And that was making these disturbing influences on Jupiter's magnetic field, which the spacecraft picked up. 
the huge surprise was when computer models tried to work out how much water it would take in order to reproduce these measurements that Galileo was getting. And it's a couple of times the amount of water in all of Earth's oceans. So on Earth, the average depth is about two to three kilometers or so. At Europa, well, the depth of the ocean there is anything from 10 to 100 kilometers. So it's a huge amount of water. Now, we recently did an episode about the presence of potential sources of water on our moon, Earth's moon, in billions of billions of little glass beads. And that wasn't about finding life. So why is the presence of these salty oceans below these crusts on the moon so significant? What kind of factors make these different in the search for life? What makes it different is because there's a large quantity of water there. It's clearly an ocean. It's not just tiny little droplets that you would have to extract. And the interesting thing is that those moons are pulled and squeezed by the gravity of Jupiter. And that creates a friction which generates energy inside the moon. And that keeps the water warm and liquid. Now, on the ocean floor of the Earth you have these hydrothermal vents where hot water is jetting up from inside the planet out into the ocean. And those areas, those geothermal vents, they support thriving microbial colonies. And so by analogy, people wonder whether something similar could be happening in these Jovian icy moons. So, exciting potential for the ingredients of life. Liquid water, energy, chemistry, which takes us on to the JUICE mission, which should be launching today, although we are recording this before launch and there are always little hitches that come up in these things. But assuming it will or has gone ahead, depending on when you're listening, tell me, why is this particular visit to Jupiter so momentous? I think it's so momentous because of this focus on whether these moons can be habitable environments or not. You know, there's no way that we can get down to the bottom of that ocean at the moment to have a look. We can't even get into the ocean, these kilometers to 10 kilometers of ice in Europa. And Ganymede, the ocean is buried even deeper. But what we can do and what JUICE will do is it will really concentrate on understanding the characteristics of this moon. And every characteristic that it's looking for will be analysed with that sort of lens of astrobiology about it, planetary habitability. These are potentially habitable environments that are completely different from Earth. They don't rely on the sun for their energy. They rely on this energy that's being put into the moon by the gravitational forces of Jupiter. So give me the flight plan for JUICE. Where exactly is it going to be going? You have to be patient with this one because it's going to take about eight years just to reach Jupiter. Now, once it gets there, it will go into orbit around the planet 
and it will use the gravitational field of Jupiter to slingshot itself onto rendezvous and flybys of other moons, chiefly Ganymede, but it will also have a look at the other moon Callisto and Europa as well. And then about three years into the mission, they will try to put Juice in orbit around Ganymede and they'll be looking for all the magnetic instrument readings that will be able to tell them what the ocean under the icy surface is actually like. And hopefully at the end of this mission, it's just, I mean, this is remarkably difficult work. We will be able to say you know, what the ocean looks like, its extent, you know, maybe even its uh, details like its salinity and things like that. So these missions, they're going to take some time. It's a fair distance to go. But if the JUICE probe does find what it's looking for, what happens next? And do you think this is a next step for our search for life outside our own planet? I think it's absolutely the next step in our search for life beyond the Earth. The more we look for planets around other stars, the more we realize that there are just many more different types of planets than we ever imagined. And in studying these icy moons, we perhaps gain an insight into a class of planet called the super-Earths. And the super-Earths, as the name implies, are much larger than the Earth, anywhere between sort of two and 15 or 30 times the mass. And we see them in abundance. Some of them appear from their densities to be rocky. Some of them appear to be gaseous. But there's another class of these super-Earths which have intermediate densities, which are much more like the densities of the icy moons of Jupiter. So potentially, those are just bigger versions of these icy moons of Jupiter so by going to the Jupiter system with JUICE, we'll be able to not only understand more about the worlds in our own solar system, but perhaps about these worlds beyond our own solar system as well. Well, Stuart, it's been fascinating and a real joy to venture into the further reaches of our solar system. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Just amazing. Thanks again to Dr. Stuart Clark. Before you go, please don't forget to subscribe to The Guardian's new podcast series, Cotton Capital, which is looking at The Guardian's links to transatlantic slavery. New episodes are released every Monday. And episode two follows Guardian journalist Maya Wolf Robinson as she heads to Jamaica in search of the site of the former sugar plantation's success, which was once co-owned by Guardian founder Sir George Phillips. Search for Cotton Capital wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. And that's all from us today. This episode was produced by Ned Carter-Miles. The sound design was by Tony Onachuku. And the executive producer was Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. At Airbus, our products make the world a safer place and help nations protect their sovereignty. Whether it's air ambulance services at home or evacuations overseas, our technology protects citizens, safeguards security, and aids responses to crises. At Airbus, we're pioneering sustainable aerospace for a safe and united world. Learn more at airbus.com.